Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Our first guest is Ms. Shauna Longo. Shauna has been teaching in the New Jersey public schools for the past 18 years in a variety of teaching and administrative positions. Currently, she is a music teacher at the Hapatkong Middle School in Hapatkong, New Jersey. Shauna uses technology in some truly innovative ways, and her teaching has been recognized at the local, state, and national level. She is the 2019 recipient of the Mike Coven's Time Teacher of the Year Award, as well as the New Jersey Music Educators Association Master Music Teacher and the New Jersey Governor's Teacher Award. Shauna is quickly gaining national recognition as an expert in STEAM integration, and she presents at conferences frequently. Shauna has been using Music First with her students for a few years now, and I am thrilled to have her as our first guest. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm honored to be your first guest. Very cool. So I first have to ask you, um, you know, what is it that you do? I saw on your resume that you have, you're doing many, many things simultaneously. You're extremely busy. But the thing that popped out the most was that you are the vice president of the Board of Education in the town that you live in, New Jersey. How did that happen? And what is it like being on both sides of the fence, both as a teacher in one district and on the Board of Ed in another? Yeah, so it gets crazy. I mean, I wear, I, I joke with people, like, which hat am I wearing today? Um, you know, so how it came to be was when I went to Hopakong, I was coming out of administration. I was a supervisor of music K-12, to and I wanted to go back in the classroom. Um, and when I did that, and over the years, I always thought, you know, well, once, once we have kids, uh, I really want to get actively involved in you know, my, my children's schooling and, you know, having gone through, been, been an administrator and dealt with a very tumultuous board of education. Um, and as a teacher, we all have ebbs and flows with um, the relationships with, between the boards of ed in the towns we work in and as a teacher or an administrator. So I thought, you know, if with my experience as a teacher, as an administrator, that I could help bring some sanity maybe to a board of education um, or shake things up. You just never know. Um, but it would be a, just a different way to kind of view education. And it really mm -hmm. has kind of shifted. It's given me a nice um, broader perspective of how things look. So once um, there was actually an open seat midterm um, and you had to go for an interview, apply and go for an interview. And I thought, eh, why not? And my son was going to be going to kindergarten the next September. So I thought, well, if I could get in and kind of get to know the system and how it works and, and see where I, you know, my qualities could help them and be an asset to the district as it was growing. Um, the district already had a huge STEM focus. Um, so I knew immediately that um, 
trying to, you know, help get them to more of a steam model. Um, they were also doing a million dollar renovation of the auditorium. So I knew the arts were important. Um, and that's kind of how I did it. And I missed a little bit of the admin side. And I thought, well, this might be a nice way to be able to give back to the community and kind of tap in to the some of the administrative um, skills and things I did when I was an administrator, but am no longer. Um, so kind of have your cake and eat it too a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been awesome. I absolutely love it. I well, love I, it. That, that's fantastic. I don't, I don't know too many teachers who are also on a board of, an, a board of education. You, have, you really must have some fascinating insights also from being an administrator, <clears throat> a music supervisor, which is just a you know, constant job of uh, you know, going to different concerts and, and, and hiring uh, and, and supporting and nurturing uh, staff. Um, I'm interested just quickly before we dive into the rest of what you do with technology, what do you like more, being an administrator or being a teacher? Oh, you know, that's a tricky question. There's, there's perks, you know, to both and there's, there's downfalls to both. Um, and I think actually right now I've kind of settled, you know, cause I, I think about this constantly and like, where am I going? What am I doing? And you know, what's next and things like that. And I feel like there's a nice happy medium in coaching and that's really what, and I know that we're going to talk about that later that I do some of that in Hopatcom in addition to a full teaching load, but I really enjoy, um, coaching and working with other teachers. And sometimes the title of coach is taken more as someone there to help than a supervisor or an administrator. Yep. So the coach is kind of in limbo in between teacher and administrator, but I feel like you can really do some good with really helping teachers grow um, to be able to reach their kids more. So I'm not sure which I like better, but I, I'll take the middle ground of I really enjoy coaching. Okay, that's a great thing. And I love the term coaching um, because it's not mentoring, meaning I know more than you. Coaching is really uh, helping. Uh, helping yeah and, and like co-teaching and co-creating and co-planning and still having a foot in the classroom um and working with students and and even if you're just there to sit in and hey watch this check this out what do you think um that i love that aspect great well so let's let's get down to it what uh tell us about what you do at hapakon middle school what is your position and 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 you know just give us a quick thumbnail of, of what you what you do with your kids. So when I came to Hopakon nine years ago out of admin, I actually had very, well, the tech um, background that I had before that was really like audio, sound. I mean, it was specific to like setting up for like the musical or for concerts or, you know, I was a tour manager for a little bit. So I knew, you know, recording studio, that kind of things. But in terms of within the music classroom, I really hadn't done very much. And um, before, when I knew I was going back in the classroom, um, I actually had gone to a workshop with both of our dear friend, Marge Lepresti, um, and it was the NJMEA summer workshop. And it was like a garage band 101. And I honestly have to admit that I had never even, like I didn't have an Apple computer yet. Now I can't live without everything Apple. Um, <laughs> and she really inspired me. And I, so when I went to Hopakong, and the principal, after I accepted the job, took me on a tour. And the last classroom he showed me was a brand new Mac lab. And it was like worlds were colliding. Like I had just seen Marge. I had just attended her workshop. And here was this lab. And I looked at him and I said, can I use it? And he was like, 
do you want to? And I was like, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that was it. I was, I was hooked. I was sold. I, you know, I, I ate the cake. I was done. <laughs> um, and it went from, I could use that room one period a day to then the next year I used it a couple periods a day. Um, then I actually was on maternity leave and, um, but then when I came back, they gave me a lab. So I had my music, my regular music classroom, um, which when I got there was literally not even a pencil on the desk. The woman had retired and she wiped the place clean. There was oh, wow. nothing. There was no curriculum. There was nada. Um, so me, the optimist was like, great. So I have nowhere to go but up from here. Like I can create whatever I want. Um, so they really supported me in doing that and jumping in with the tech. And I slowly grew it. Um, to what it is now. So now I have my own room with 20 iMacs and 13 iPads and um, Korg Nano keys and jam hubs and um, makey makeys. Wow. And, um, I don't even know what else. Uh, guitars. Um, so it's really, really evolved and grown and, and, and it's all in one place. And it's, it's kind of my little steam music tech lab um, room. And so that's how it, it kind of came to be. So I teach sixth, seventh, and eighth grade general music. So my sixth graders, um, they don't really have any experience with music tech before they get to me. I've been trying and trying. Um, and actually that um, it may be paying off next year because they're doing a big, um, they're shutting the school down and reconfiguring our district. Um, so I may be shifting some grades that I teach, which actually wow. could work out for the best of the, the district in terms of really trying to kind of expand things. Um, so sixth grade is like an intro to music tech and then seventh grade, I call it my music tech 2.0, where we kick everything we did in sixth grade, all the projects up a notch and we dig deeper and the kids have more, um, freedoms and they've already experienced and now figure it out. Here's, here's where I want to go. Uh, here's what I'm, where I think I want to go with you guys. Let's, let's do this together. Um, and then in eighth grade we do, um, I teach them how to play the guitar, but I pull in. Um, not only acoustic guitars, but um, virtual guitars, and the kids compose music um, using Note Flight and record it using Soundtrap or GarageBand and arrange it and edit the edit their recordings and um, kind of try to pull like their whole experience with me in three years together in one final culminating project. Yep. Um, so there's a lot, there's performance based. There's, I do a bunch with virtual instruments as well on iPads. The kids love that. We form little rock bands and, and it's fun. Um, but it's all about layering for me, like start laying a foundation and, and at each new thing we do, you add something, a layer to it. And then that becomes their toolkit that they can always go back to like, okay, now don't forget we learned about that. <clears throat> you can now use that in any other project we do. I don't have to to tell you to like you just be creative and 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 figure stuff out and have fun and, and explore and, and just try and if it doesn't work okay edit undo let's try something else <laughs> that's great that's a great attitude the, the now are you it, it, so you're just general music six through eighth and using music technology in this lab yes Yes. So you don't have any performance ensemble teaching responsibilities? I, I, I no longer have that. So I used to direct the choir and um, I started a drama club at the middle school as well. Um, but when my son went to kindergarten, 
I asked to take a little hiatus. They were both after school clubs. Um, And it was a very small window of three years that, you know, if I gave up these clubs, I could get him off the bus every day and be able to kind of experience that. And, you know, for a short three years in a whole career, I thought, you know what, I need to kind of shift my focus um, to him. And that's what I've been doing. So no, it's all, it's just solely general music. I have to tell you that that is fantastic. And when I started my career, Shauna, that what you're describing would have been my my biggest nightmare to be a general music, middle school only, no performance ensemble. And I will tell you that towards the end of my career, I went to my own superintendent of schools and begged him for the job that you have. Basically, take away the performance ensemble aspect of my job because to be perfectly honest it was burning me out um and so wow what a fantastic gig you have and um i really do and you know if any like you say like if anyone had ever told me back in college high school even beginning of my career like you were gonna love teaching middle school general music i would have laughed them out of the room like there's no way um but and I really I really attribute it to to tech and really embracing opportunities and embracing what's out there and it's ever evolving and I love learning new stuff so for me it makes sense because I'm always coming up with wild and crazy new ideas for my kids um, and they just know to roll with it and we're gonna figure this out together um, so really that general that middle school general music is is really a nice sweet spot to be in to be able to teach that way and work that way. Yeah, so you bring up a really cool point, Shauna, and I think a lot of music teachers that I speak with uh, over over the last 20 years, their biggest kind of fear about music technology is that A, they don't know how where to learn about it or how to learn about it, and B, they're afraid of not knowing it well enough to be in front of the students. And I think you literally just answered both of the uh, the, the, the issues there in that, <clears throat> so quickly, how do you learn new technology? How do you find out what, what are the ways that you find out about, uh, new music tech? So my biggest thing is through professional learning networks. You know, a lot of it's through social media. Um, I'm, I'm a newbie to social media. I've only been on it for about a year and a half. Um, but growing that PLN on social media, um, you know, going to conferences, when I'm not presenting workshops, I'm going to other people's workshops to learn this little new trick, that little new trick. Um, you know, there's so much online and there's such great books written by, um, you know, the, the best of the best in tech who've been doing this, you know, for so long. And they're, they're really who inspired me. And I just, I grabbed all of those books and I just read them. All, I read them all yeah. one after the other and just soaking it in. And well, I want to do this. So how could I do that? And how can I make this work and pose questions on Facebook groups and just ask, but I feel like, you know, our kids are our biggest um, asset also that people, you know, don't always like to tap into that because they're afraid you're right they're absolutely afraid that people you know that they'll the kids won't think they know enough well I love telling my kids I don't know everything and if I don't know it and you do or you figure something out show me um my kids figure stuff out all the time 
sometimes little hidden tips or tricks or, you know, they find something that I didn't know existed in GarageBand or Soundtrap or whatever program we're working on um, or using and they figure something out and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Now show me what you did. And I'm, and now here's the, you know, the older person in me that's like, okay, and I got to write that down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I get exactly. my phone out and I take a picture and then I write down like the instructions just so I can then um, reference it. Cause you know, you don't know when you'll be back to it, but um, just embracing and, and creating that culture where it's really student centered and not teacher driven. And I think that's the big shift that when you shift that mentality within your classroom and you make it, um, an equal partnership in their learning where they know you're also learning some things too, and you're willing to learn new things. I think that that really can break down those barriers because if you try to let them think, you know, everything all the time, that's never going to, I don't think that's, that's right. ever going to happen. In that Correct. Time. Couldn't Not agree realistic. more. So here's a quick thing. Cause I think we're, we're on the same wavelength is that I always thought about what goals did I want to achieve in my music classroom and then figured out the tools that would help me achieve those goals. Is that the same kind of mentality that you have or, or, or do you find a piece of music technology and then say, what can I do with this and then shift your goals to fit the technology? If you know what I mean? So I think I do a little bit of both and I think it just depends on what it is and where I'm at and what the kids are doing and what's the skill set they already have. And, um, you know, I knew that I wanted to be able to reach my kids when I pulled in tech and I knew that that was going to be the way for them to really kind of love to grow that love of, of music and of learning and understanding the music. Cause they, you don't see a kid without earbuds in 24 seven. It's, That's it's right. such a part of them um, now. So having them understand what they're listening to and, and what makes it what it is and, and what they can do with that is important. But like when I talk, you know, another big part of my work is with steam. Um, and so for instance, like Mickey makeys, I was like, oh, I got to do something in the music room. So in that instance, like I found them and then making it my own. And actually I just started um, that project with my kids and I knew I wanted to use scratch. Um, we had just finished up a project on composing music using coding and little sound DJ. So mm -hmm. for this project, I was like, I want to do um, performing digital performance of music using coding. So I kind of taught myself the basics of scratch and I was like, I want them to code in pitches and then create songs and perform them live having using the code that they put into scratch and the making makeys. Um, but I really wasn't sure exactly where it was going to go. And I just kind of rolled with it with the kids. And as the project evolved, it like blossomed. And now I'm like so excited and the kids are so excited about it. Um, so I'll be posting all over social media, the, the end result and, and yeah. along the process, um, cause we're knee deep in it right now. So I really think it depends upon the tool and, um, you know, what, what you're trying to accomplish with the kids, something very, very specific and kind of one off of a makey makey in a music classroom is going to be, I, I got to figure out a way to use this tool versus, you know, my music for soft classroom, my, my soundtrack, my, you know, um, sight reading factory, those kinds of things. I know that what I want to accomplish through music and they become the vehicle to get me there. 
Right. So just for the people that might be listening, there were three things in there. We'll just get quick definitions on. Okay. Um, so Makey Makey, for those of you that don't know, is a, is a piece of hardware that can connect to your computer. And Scratch is a really fantastic object-oriented programming environment meant for kids that came out of the MIT Media Lab. And kids can code in Scratch or create little um, programs in Scratch and then use a Makey Makey, which is actually a little piece of hardware that attaches to your computer. And then from the Makey Makey, they can attach what look like little alligator clips um, to different things like bananas, which is the thing you see most often, but also things like uh, tinfoil, anything that conducts electricity so the kids can actually create their own musical interfaces and it's a really cool environment so for those of you that you just google makey makey m-a-k-e-y and makey makey and the other one is scratch but the, you said a magic word there uh shauna which you are quickly becoming associated with uh even though our listeners will probably listen to this after the event i'm very much looking forward to this iSteam conference that's coming up at ramapo college this friday um how did you get into steam and, and, and just tell everyone quickly what Steam is in case okay, so, they've been under a rock and haven't heard of it. <laughs> um, so Steam is uh, science, technology, engineering, the arts, plural arts, um, and mathematics. Many people mistake the A for art, thinking visual art, and it is not. It is all the arts, digital, um, digital arts, visual arts, music, dance, theater. Um, and anything else that comes up in the future, you never know what might be added. Um, yep. But I, so how this came about for me was about five years ago, um, we had a superintendent who was a former kindergarten teacher, and she saw that um, the shift of focus towards Common Core and park testing was really taking creativity out of the classrooms. So she really jumped on with a big initiative in New Jersey um, that was kind of taking fire, which was um, arts integration. And so she brought it to our district um, and asked if myself and my colleague, Kurt Zimmerman, um, and a couple of the visual art teachers wanted to be involved. Um, and I know better than anyone that if they're talking about the arts, I'm going to be in the room and I'm going to help steer the ship. Yep. Um, because if you don't jump on board as an arts teacher, um, they're going to probably screw it up. <laughs> That's Absolutely. just that's just the reality. Um, so, and I really felt like um, there was so much more that could be done in the district and the arts could use some elevating of um, in stature within, you know, the realm of what courses were off offered and the hierarchy, you know, of classes and things. And we had just gone through about where they, you know, doubled the math period, double blocks. So we lost an elective period at the middle school. Um, so I saw it as a means of potential advocacy effort. Um, and so I embraced it and I've spent the last five years of my life um, <laughs> really <laughs> researching and, and, and trying out. And um, they ended up giving me a role as a, a facilitator coach within the district and built um, time into my schedule to work with the non-arts teachers um, and to co-plan and co-teach lessons where the arts cor courses are now brought into um, the science, the math the language arts, the history. Um, and so 
it was really, really an amazing experience. And um, from there, now I'm coaching um, teachers from all around the country, actually, in arts integration and STEAM and, and what it can look like in classrooms and how to develop authentic lessons and how to, to keep the arts authentic. It's not just about always having everything STEAM. STEM is okay in some instances, and the arts don't always belong there. Um, and some people may not be happy that I say that, but that's the reality. You can't put the arts in absolutely everything. Um, Agreed. But where you can, you should, and you should do it with, um, you know, validity and, and with passion and with keeping that authenticity to what we, how we were trained and what we know is good teaching in the arts. So that's how I came about it was they, they threw this out as an idea and I, I knew I had to steer the ship. So that's what that's I did. Great. That's great. Uh, and for those of you that, that are, interested i'm sure if you google shauna uh, shauna longo and uh and steam you're going to find a lot of uh resources out there because uh, you're doing some really great work so just quickly a couple more questions for you shauna i really appreciate uh you spending some time with us um so you have music first and we're thrilled that you've been using it can you just tell us a little bit about about um what you have and, and how you're using it so, uh, yeah, I have, I mainly use Note Flight um, and Soundtrap with Music First, as well as the Music First Classroom. I mean, just as a portal and um, giving kids assignments and um, connecting it with my Google Classroom that the district has us use, it's just an amazing tool. I mean, I can be out, I'm, I'm out frequently giving workshops and at conference, attending conferences and presenting workshops. So for me, I can hop right on that Music First classroom and I can be conversing with my kids and checking on their projects, even though there's a sub in the room. Um, you know, we, we as music teachers know, I mean, I'm blessed that I have a retired music teacher that subs for me 95% of oh, the time when I'm out. Yeah, it's absolutely exquisite. Um, and I had her kids in school, so I've known her for years and years. Um, but, you know, before she retired, <laughs> I didn't. And so having that ability to still be literally keeping my class going virtually, I could just hop on in the midst of whatever um, and answer questions and check out what they're doing and, and guide them um, through that is, I think, one of the most amazing tools in there. And the fact that the, the um, their work doesn't have to just live on this one computer in my classroom and God forbid that computer goes down, their work goes with it. Um, having it in the cloud, and we're a one-to-one -one district with Chromebooks, so even though I have iMacs, my kids get the option to use their Chromebooks yep. for it, and then when they go home at night, they can continue working on those same projects and, and pick right up where they left off. And, you know, I just started with Soundtrap this year, um, and I absolutely, absolutely love it. I love the virtual um, collaboration that they can do when they're creating projects they two kids can be at their home you know in their own bedrooms in their own houses and be composing music and, and creating projects together simultaneously and talking through this visual chat that it's, it's a protective hub too you're not on snapchat they're not um you know somewhere else in social media having these chats it's it's a protected educationally sound platform um and that's that's kind of how i use it with my kids i do a ton of projects Right now we're doing, um, one of the ones I'm doing is scene from a play. So they're learning about, um, my sixth graders are learning how to record their voices and then um, adjust their voices to, to oh, they, cool. they, edit the, they edit the track, they, they record um, a scene from a play. 
and then on one track. And then I teach them how to edit it and create a, a new track for each character and then move the, um, the loops to the correct character's track and then change their voice so each character sounds different and add background music and sound effects to kind of make the scene come alive. Um, and it's so much fun. And the kids, what I love most is when the kids, like when I started with Soundtrap this year and one of the, I kind of introed it and I didn't talk about the virtual thing. And a couple of the boys went home that night and figured it out and came back and I get to school and there's a shared project that I check out and here they did it the night before. And it, it was not even the one I assigned. They went on right. their own and just started creating music at home. Um, oh, together. that's fabulous. fabulous. And it was awesome. So awesome. Oh, that makes me smile. It's very, very cool. Now what, uh, uh, um, what, some of our uh, the people listening may not know is that you've written a bunch of the brand new courses that we just launched a couple months ago uh, in the middle school uh, section uh, for general music, and your courses are are fantastic, Shauna. We're thrilled that you um, that you uh, did those for us. Those courses are they reflective of the the way you teach, or were they more towards uh, creating a, a, a middle school class for us. I, I don't, I don't recall whether you're actually doing those things or was this written for us? This was, this was more, I guess, written for you, um, for music first, but I had, um, the one that I wrote the introduction to popular music, I had taught that when I first got to Hope Hat Com. Right. Um, and I couldn't do tech with, I didn't have access to the lab with all of my class periods. Um, so I did intro introduction to popular music. Um, so I had the foundation of that. Um, and actually I, I went back and after I wrote that class with, this summer, there was discussion about me potentially teaching a course at the high school. And I was like, okay, well, if I have to teach a general music course at the high school, I want to do a hybrid intro to popular music, pulling in tech and performance right. and kind of like blow it up. Um, Cause I was super excited by what, what came out of that course. And I'm like, Oh man, I want to, I want to teach it. So I pull things in um, every so often from it, but I don't, I, I personally don't teach it standalone just because I've already got, Right. Um, you know, this embedded coursework going. So if some of the teachers listening were really interested in getting a, a, a clear understanding of the types of projects you do. Do you have a website that you post those on or can they can they get in touch with you? How, how would a teacher find out those? I mean, the projects that you were describing are amazing. Uh, you know, how, how, how would uh, I mean, do, do you have any outlet for those things? Yeah, I do. So I have a I have a new website that that was my, that was one of my big projects this fall. Um, so if you go to www.creativeduconsulting.com, um, that is my website. That is my hub all about Shauna Longo, what awesome. I do, how I do it. Um, there's examples of projects. I don't have every single project up there, but my contact info is definitely all over that website. Um, that if you reach out to me, I'm, I'm a sharer. I'm more than willing to um, share things that I've created and whether it be project guidelines or things like that. But there's definitely um, teasers and ideas on my website that, of course, will be expanding over time. Um, you know, I'll be adding this new one with the, the scratch and the um, makey makey and the digital instruments um, once once it's kind of finalized and formalized and, and ready with some um, 
examples of the kids in action doing it because I like to showcase the kids. That's yep. what people need to see. They need to see like well, what do these kids actually produce and what what might this sound like. But but then I also don't like to give too much information because I feel like people need to make things their own. Absolutely. And sometimes if you if you're given too much, you just rely on it versus really kind of figuring it out a little bit, owning it and figuring out what's going to work best for your kids because we all of our students come from different backgrounds and um, and bring different things to the table. Um, so I think it's important to also put in some time on your own to kind of figure out how you can make this best for you. That's great. I, that, so it's creativeeduconsulting.com. Yes. That's right. Com. Excellent. Yep. So obviously everybody go there and check that stuff out. So we're about to wrap things up and I really appreciate uh, all the time you spent, Shauna, but uh, two quick final questions. One is um, what advice would you give to other music teachers who are thinking about getting involved with technology? What, what, what advice? As Nike has so well put it, just do it. You know, step one, the next music conference you go to, go, just go to a bunch of tech sessions, meet the presenters who are presenting, talk to them. Um, what, what I will say that I learned the most from the tech community was it is the most open um, and embracing community of teachers that are out there. Um, you know, I was a, I was a high school choral director before I, I went to the tech side. And um, every year those many of the high school choral directors would look at me like I was brand new and I'd have to introduce myself to them again and again and again. Um, but, you know, the tech world, they just pull you in and are so supportive and, and they're there. You know, we're there, I guess I can say now we're there, you know, answer questions or, and no question is too silly because we yep. all run into, I mean, Jim, when we were starting this, uh, this recording of this podcast, my microphone was acting up and <laughs> exactly. you couldn't hear me. So, you know, like it, it happens to all of us all the time. Um, and my other quick piece of advice is have three backup plans. And I know that may seem a little bit scary, but things are going to not work. Um, and we just the other day when I started that scratch project, the entire scratch website was down just for that day. Oh, wonderful. That's <laughs> and wonderful. it was my first day doing it. So it's like, okay, so now we got to change gears. So you need to have a couple things in your back pocket um, that are going to be your go-to um, get yourself out of hot water when things just kind of go awry and don't work. Being able to kind of think on your feet and shift directions quickly. Um, and that just takes time and just having a couple little simple tools, whether it just is like, okay, we're going to go on incredibox.com for the last five minutes or, yep. um, and pull that in, or it's, you know what, go into Soundtrap and create a quick cell phone ringtone, you know, like something that you're just a simple go-to, but the kids will still have a blast doing it. Um, that's my best advice. Just, right. just do it, get out there, see what's available and, and figure it out. That's great. And so, um, then the, the last question, Shauna, which I'm planning on asking everybody who I speak with, uh, is what I call the magic wand question. If you could wave a magic wand and change anything about music technology or create anything for music technology, what would it be? Well, this might be s simple, um, and it's not too, too big, but, uh, well, it is big. Probably you're going to laugh because it is on your end. I am dying for the day when my kids can, um, when I, when I can <laughs> really it will have me stop using GarageBand altogether. I, I really only use GarageBand for one project and that's my um, movie soundtrack project. <laughs> I'm dying to be able to put video into Soundtrap, Soundation, those, those platforms that have it cloud-based. 
Um, I can't tell you how many people have asked us for that. So Soundtrap (laughs) and Soundation, if you're listening, you just heard it again. So I know, I will tell you that I know it's a much harder problem. Oh, I know. It sounds really easy. Like you should just be able to put a YouTube window up in in it. I do know that they're working on it. And uh, Shauna, that is a, I think that's the number one feature request that we've had over the years. I'm I'm sure it is, and and I've don't worry. I've talked to the people at Soundtrap as well. I've definitely planted the bug with a few of them that I've great, been great. talking to. Um, like, come on, when's this happening? Um, you know, so yeah, that that will that'll be a game changer, game changer. Fantastic. Well, uh, I know that everyone else listening uh, appreciates your insights. You're an absolute dynamo. Uh, and we are thrilled for you again, the teacher of the year, as we call toadies now. You're one of 15, and uh, the next time I see you, Shauna, uh, I'll give you a, uh, I'll buy you a beer. As a, as a, as a, <laughs> it's really great having you as our very first guest. Thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to hearing great things about you uh, in the future. Thank, Thank you, you, Jim. It was great talking with you. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, visit www.musicfirst.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with other teachers doing innovative things with technology, please subscribe to this podcast on whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.